Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and joining us for this very important show, middle of the week, a hump day, and the beginning of NFL free agency officially here. The signings, the wheelings, the dealings, the trades, and everything. One guy that we kept under wraps, though, and returning back, a one Zach Flash Celedonia. So we're happy to uh, have you re-signed here <laughs> with Steel City Underground. What's up, man? thanks thanks for the extension i appreciate it <laughs> help with the cap space for the yeah. show yeah we had to restructure we had to restructure well we restructured brian we're adding some void years in there he's getting a little bit on the higher end of you know the age bracket of which maybe he might be podcasting i don't know uh but hey, anyway well, hey now the new age Steelers might look at him yeah, we drafted Zach, so now he's on his uh, it's it's his first uh, his his second deal, his first free agent contract. We didn't let him hit free agency, so but we've got uh, all the news. You know, I don't know if you're watching like all the NFL Network stuff and things like that. And please don't even let's not even mention Pat McAfee's show, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers. We'll try and see. Actually, it was kind of funny. We were we do this all the time. We were doing this with He Who Shall Not Be Named, which is of course Neil. What's his name from Super Bowl Thirty, right? And they were doing this on uh, NFL Radio yesterday. They were trying to find different ways to name say Aaron Rodgers without saying his name. The guy who wore you know number twelve or whatever in in Green Bay, the Packers' current quarterback who could be traded. Uh, this, guy. Yeah, they were like this gentleman that was born on whatever day, whatever year. <laughs> like it was, it was pretty funny stuff. And when you're watching like NFL Network, and they had like the four panels going, and you've got like Mike uh, or Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport, and um, um, who else is there? Mike Garuffalo or whoever. And they're like, they're all like very. Oh, they're not even looking like at the screen or like looking they're on their phones and like they're waiting for people to talk and everything. It was just so nuts. And it's so much to try and keep up with, but, uh, we I can relate brother. That's my, my friends give me a hard yeah. time whenever I'm hanging out. And, uh, there happens to be, if it's during an NFL time, like during a Steeler game or a time like this free agency or around the draft, I, I, I look like Mike Garofolo with hair, but I, I'm sitting there on my phone, still enjoying the moment. I'm still very present and I'm listening to things, but you don't want to miss a second. It's uh, it's it's kind of like trying to watch water boil. You know, it almost never works. But if you can achieve that moment in time and see the water boil as it happens, you never forget it. And whenever you see a move happen live time on the feed, it's sick. Yeah, I'm totally there with you. And I think uh, Garofalo, they had a whole thing about this last summer. Weren't they saying his name wrong? Like, I think I just did it, too. I think there was call them Garoppolo, like Jimmy. Or, or, nah, well, Garofalo, whatever. Gar Garofalo. Yeah, there was a whole thing with that, I think, before Kay Adams left. And they were like, we've been saying your name wrong the whole time. And he was like, yeah, I don't really care. And, uh, no, I, <laughs> and I was, thought that was, wasn't that Will, Will, Will um, oh, maybe. the guy who, yeah, yeah. You know I know, Will Levis or Will Sevis? There name? was somebody on there. I don't remember. It, obviously not that important that I remembered exactly who it was. But yeah, you know, that happened sometimes. Um, you just butcher people's names and it you, you nailed mine yeah. for the intro the first time i was on the show and i was pleasantly surprised at that a lot of people butcher mine they think it's uh caledonia like with the hard c 
which I don't really understand because if you ever see C E L E, like usually it's sell or celebrate, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, something yeah. like a word like that. But be, I've heard Caledonia, uh, Celadonia. Like there's a bunch of different ways to mess it up, but you nailed it on the first try, bud. Oh, I love to stick the landing. I'll tell you what really helped that. I get mine butchered quite a bit too. It's actually, if you want to go old world pronunciation, we've had the, I've mentioned this before. It's Kuzma. It's more like a J. Uh, for like you know, like a like a Polish or like something like that. But uh, re- regardless of that, like I get all kinds of things. Sometimes people add an N to it, and it's like Kuzman, and I'm like, uh, there's no N. And it's like <laughs> you know, um, it, it's Midwest not really. Yeah, it's not the hardest thing to look at and try and take a stab at it. But my my uncle used to give me all his doubles. He used to buy like just boxes of uh, unsealed tops trading cards, baseball cards back in the day. And it was almost kind of like a spelling bee thing where you'd be like, hey, how do you how do you think you say this guy's name? And of course, now it's like primarily Hispanic players, but uh, maybe back in the 80s, early 90s, more of a mix. So it wasn't all just like, uh, you know, not to be funny here, but Rodriguez, Gonzalez, Dominican Republic. That's guys good, that's, that's like good that. practice for uh, yeah. broadcasting and podcasting, though. Yeah, maybe yeah, it really was. You nail this. Yeah, it really was. So. Uh, you know, every now and then though, we get some of the names, especially during a draft, you don't recognize, or you haven't seen, you haven't watched that college's games, or they haven't played against your team. And you just don't, you don't know the name to refer to it. And it still happens with the pros every now and then, uh, Bobby Okereke is like a really interesting one from the Colts. It's like, once you get that down though, you've got it. And it's like, let's just call him Bobby O. And I had you almost excited about that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Cause I was like, Oh, I hope that's who they're looking after, looking to go after. And some of the uh, contracts were a little bit high and people were going nuts, man. They were going absolutely bonkers. Yes. Uh, Monday. And it was like, everyone calm down. And we're going to start there with some of the players that the Steelers, I guess, lost. We don't necessarily maybe let walk. I don't always like that word because they're not, maybe they just weren't for whatever reasons they weren't interested in bringing that player back or that player wasn't interested in coming back. And that's a lot of what expensive. Yeah. Better deal somewhere else, better weather, maybe a coach or somebody or other teammates they played with family. That's where they grew up in that area. Uh, Texas and Florida, you don't have state income tax could be any number or variety of reasons. Uh, as to why somebody comes, goes, or whatever. I mean, look at Tyson Alou. a few years ago was going to go back to Jacksonville and then decided, well, I grew roots here with my family. I don't want to start all over. So the first one out the gate, everybody's panicking because, of course, we said, uh, make no bones about it, I'm happy for Cameron Sutton. He signed a deal with the um, uh, Detroit Lions, and I had the financials. I, I tried to do... Some of the legwork here, three years, $33 million. And, but we never really came out and said that Cam Sutton was a cornerback one. We were more like, he's a corner two. You still need like a, another Joe Hayden on the other side. And he's probably his most effective. And I feel he kind of priced himself out of there. Joe Hayden was making about 13 and maybe in the current climate, he makes closer to 14, 15 because everything starts to just nudge and it goes higher and everything else. We see that with the quarterbacks versus the cornerbacks. But yeah, Cam, it's sad to see him go. I'm happy for him to get his money, but we saw the Steelers had some other plans, but everybody kind of freaked out. I don't think it's as big of a loss. I even said that right after that. You just had to have some patience and wait out the process, and this was the first domino to fall. I don't think it was a terribly large loss either because of who we brought in after the fact, but I think that, yeah, it's it's like you said, he was never viewed 
at least by us and, and many others, as not a cornerback one. A very high-end cornerback two, I'll say that, a great cornerback two, but it cost too much to retain. It wasn't that we didn't want to keep him, but some players, they they cost too much money, and it isn't as simple as, like, well, the Steelers should have made room for him. It, it isn't like a, a this or that scenario. There's a lot of other working parts that go into giving a player that type of money to stick around for a longer term. I wasn't really terribly upset at the move because I, I kind of assumed if they were going to let him go, they had another plan in place. And he developed well uh, in Pittsburgh. And I, I think they, they should get credit for that because they, their track record of developing corners isn't too great. But Cam Sutton came along really nicely, earned himself a payday elsewhere. That's good for him. He's going to the Lions, restore the roar. And I, I, I will continue to root for him for sure, but it's, it, it, it's a business, you know? So I really mm-hmm. wasn't, I wasn't too bent out of shape out about it personally. I knew he was a, he was top priority to bring back of the free agent crop, but the Steelers had a really unique free agent crop this year. They still do where there really isn't a great player in the crop. The best player would Agreed. be uh, Cam Sutton, right? Or uh, Edmonds. Mm-hmm. So for them to lose the top priority, this would be a good year for that to unfortunately happen to them, I think. Yeah, it's not like a uh, Bud Dupree situation where they have like a crown jewel. And I'm glad exactly. and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I got in a debate with someone on Twitter. Uh, Twitter's just ugly all the time, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, they said, well, oh man, they, see, they could have saved money. Uh, look at Mike Hilton's contract. And I'm like, Mike Hilton signed two years ago and he was making $2 million more per year than what Cam signed for two years ago. Like they both signed the contract the same year and they were like, well, they picked Cam over Mike Hilton. I said, no, no, they didn't. They picked Cam Sutton over Steven Nelson because Steven Nelson got released. It was, they weren't going to bring Sutton back if they couldn't release Nelson. They had to do something. They were like 30 some million over the cap on count of Ben Roethlisberger having a $40 million uh, cap hit by himself and the COVID year screwing the salary cap. It went down to 2018, two years prior levels. So that was kind of ridiculous. And the, the other part of that that really bothered me is because I, I know other people, they, sometimes people don't get these generalizations for themselves. They get it from a, some other site, some other opinion. You got lots of like just clickbait and nonsense that's out there, as we always know. And pff, Pittsburgh media is no better for it either. <laughs> like Pony's talking right now about Skaronsky and a left guard and all this uh, left tackle and Dan Moore. How come they haven't signed a left tackle? Because that's not where the Steelers are going to put that money. And they're, they're being smart for the amount of money they could have spent on Sutton for his new contract. And even Mike Hilton, for that matter, uh, Mike Hilton was just a slot corner. He didn't play anywhere else. So he's playing 40% of a game. Maybe it's more pass heavy defense uh or that they have to put in uh, more schemes and he plays 60 percent of a game or whatever but they also saw what that life was like without him that year that last year he was in pittsburgh he had played he'd missed like four or five games so they already they already had like a an idea of what life would be like without hilton and that's the reason why they offered sutton who could play out on the boundary slide on the inside that's why they had witherspoon and wallace uh those guys are strictly uh, your outsider boundary corners, and then they move Sutton on the inside. But they have Arthur Mollette right now, and you still got some other safeties. We'll talk about some that they brought back. Of course, Trey Norwood. The secondary is not looking like it's in total shambles. I understand that people were going crazy. One of them, speaking of Pittsburgh media, Brooke Pryor, who covers the Steelers for ESPN, uh, she says, call me crazy, but the draft and develop strategy works best if an organization actually retains the talent they draft and, de- and develop. 
and then so, some asshole below this says the standard is the standard and that i i'd uh and that i'd being an average team for years to come not even a complete sentence so <laughs> <laughs> like i get autocorrect will kill you sometimes so i try not to hold that to people but brooke he already signed a second contract with the steelers as a uh, third round pick, they, they had James Conner and they had Cam Sutton both in that same draft. And then they also had TJ Watt and Juju Smith-Schuster, who, you know, we can mention uh, Juju here as well. Now go on to the Patriots. We just learned about an hour or two ago. So we'll see what happens when he goes on TikTok with Bill Belichick and going to his next uh, Hall of Fame coach from Tomlin to Andy Reid to Bel Belichick. Yeah, yeah. You know, Joe, I find it funny that... um all these people, particularly older people in the media and a, a couple fans made Juju out to be this terrible guy, this villainous creature uh, on the Steelers roster. And uh, yet he leaves and he goes on to play for Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, uh, the two best coaches in the game. And oh, that's not the possible. best, the best coach of all time. Like I know that yeah. that's like, I'm, I can't say that on a Steelers show, but I think potentially if he was that bad of a guy and that, cancerous of a player to have on your team these guys wouldn't want him on their team so i don't know i, I just i found that interesting it was a, it was a real like it was a real uh a real thinker for me today after he signed his 33 million dollar deal with the patriots oh. i was like well that's funny because i wouldn't think uh you know the way the media portrayed this guy in town being such a bad guy bad locker room guy i wouldn't think that bill belichick would want to go out and say yeah give me that guy on my team but you know yeah, exactly. And I don't know, it's a little sick seeing him wave the um, Patriots flag in, in like one of his tweets <laughs> that he put out there. Oh, um, yeah, no, all those pictures yeah. of him when he was younger, uh, like taking the fan with the, the picture with the Patriot fan and like he's got his middle finger up. And then there's another one where he was at the Pro Bowl with the Steelers and he took a picture with the Patriot fan and captioned it, ew, a Patriots fan. And those are going viral right now. They're making the rounds. It's always good fun when something like that happens and a player ends up on a team that he like talks shit on or um, a player. He's with a player that he wants to talk shit on. Like I remember when the uh, the Rams traded golf to the Lions, they did the same thing to Michael Brockers after Brockers was like, hell yeah, we got Stafford. And then they sent him to the Lions. With <laughs> and that's happening right now with Darius Slay. Uh, he yeah. was saying all this jazz with James Bradbury coming over from uh, what the Giants to the Eagles, and now Slay just got released as a cap casualty as well because Bradbury got the bigger the big deal to stay with the Eagles, and yeah, they're gonna have to deal with some salary cap implications too. But it's funny you mentioned or brought up uh, three years, thirty three million for Juju. That's a pretty nice amount of money for him, eleven per on average, uh, and then the. The comment from Jacoby Myers, what was it like? Okay or interesting? I think maybe he had the emoji with thinking face because it was it's the same cold, exact deal. World, it's a cold world because uh, they gave Juju like the contract that they wouldn't give him, basically. Yeah, I don't know. And he was clearly their best wide receiver. He's going to go to like the Raiders and be like option two or three out of like it's just bonkers. The Raiders trading uh, Darren Waller right after that, and, and to the Giants, and it just like all comes full circle and then um we don't have official word but we shall mention that current guy up in green bay while we're kind of doing a a potpourri of things right now he is on his way over to the uh the jets supposedly um 
Oh, but maybe not the Winnipeg Jets. I'm not sure if you saw this one, but the Winnipeg did, Jets yeah. at the NHL photoshopped Aaron Rodgers and, and uh, one of the goalie uh, uniforms here standing, what I pre- assume is for the Canadian National Anthem, and put it out on her social media. That's just, that's priceless. And I don't know, I would actually pay to see him get hit by somebody. Um even guys I don't like, like Tom Wilson or somebody from the Caps. So that would be pretty, pretty interesting stuff. But uh, I think uh, after that, all of our little potpourri or potpourri, uh, that's actually not a word. Let's move on to another guy that really no one, I think, freaked out about. But it was more or less like, what are you doing, Steelers? They need inside linebackers. How can you let Robert Spillane go? And I'm sorry, but this is another one of those contracts that's, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, good for Spillane, but... Good for good on Omar Khan and the Steelers for not breaking the bank on somebody who's kind of like, is still like more of a reserve player. Now, Cam Sutton was a guy that was playing 100% of snaps and participation in games when healthy and when situation dictated it, he would only come off the field maybe a, a couple of times here or there. Otherwise, it's like now Robert Spillane found himself playing a boatload of playing time near the end of the season last year, as did Mark Robinson. And that was kind of like my comment was if they add an inside linebacker, which we know they did, and we'll talk about him shortly, too, that uh, what are you doing? Do you guys are you guys still high on Mark Robinson? Do you not like Mark Robinson? Like, what's what's the story? What's the story, Morning Glory? Like, which way do you want it? Because uh, Robert Spillane. He's kind of just a thumper. He's not a guy you want out there in pass coverage. And Spillane got, let me see, I had his figures here. Yes, I do. On top of things, so far, so good. Bang. Uh, Two years, $9 million deal. This is uh, Dove uh, Kleiman or Clemen. That could be interesting. We're just talking about pronouncing names. But Robert Spillane, we know how to say that one. $4 million guaranteed, two years, $9 million. That's probably more special teams ace money then maybe it is starting linebacker wages. but And people would yeah. have been pissed if he signed that deal here. I know oh, Steeler fans yeah. very well. And if he would have signed that kind of deal here, even though, yeah, it is more special teams, backup linebacker money, they would have been pissed. If it would have been like a one-year extension for a million, that's that can, you can kind of sneak that through on Steeler fans. But giving him a contract in which like Tom Pelissero and Rappaport tweet about, yeah, that wouldn't have gone over well. So I don't think it's a big loss. Bob Spillane, he's good at a few things, not a lot. So it, it, he's a very replaceable piece. If anything, his biggest hole be left on special teams. And uh, I leave that up to Danny Smith to try and fill that role uh, through coaching and draft. Yeah, and they might already, like Mark Robinson, yeah, <laughs> somebody that's exactly. already there. I was trying to see. Um, I, I don't have a whole lot else to say about Robert Spillane. Great for him. Undrafted guy, cut by the Titans years ago, and he, he's getting some money. I can't yeah. fault any of these guys for making money, whether they're leaving Pittsburgh for better opportunities or what they feel is better opportunity. And you can't et cetera, be caught bag watching or pocket watching. Yeah, yeah, uh, and already for what they were gonna, what with what Cam Sutton and what Spillane made, we see they may have signed a handful of free agents with that same amount of money, which is what we were talking about with the. Well, it was that you, me and you, or was that me and Brian with the Jalen Ramsey deal? like 20 million a cap hit per per year. That's like you could get like three players and have some pocket change left over. You could probably still Sutton, maybe Terrell Edmonds, like we were saying, and maybe somebody else, uh, all, all a part of that. Oh, DeMonte Casey, that's who we were mentioning. And that's uh, 
Incidentally, that's who I was going to bring up next anyway, so may as well just uh, jump to it. I was trying to look and see if there were any financials for Casey, and uh, actually, I, uh, I've not seen any. Two years, yet. nine million? No, less. Two no, years. I don't think it was that. I don't think it was next? quite that much, but let's two see. Year six. Uh, two year deal, but I'm not sure if we had the actual uh, money for it, to be completely honest. Hmm. Like I get stuff from like the Cowboys if I put in deal and I thought I saw it somewhere and it's always like leaked. It's never like, you know, 100% official by that point. Mm -hmm. Anyways, like until four o'clock, uh, to Eastern today, there was, um, you know, no, nothing was officially done. Some guys could have walked or stepped back on their, you know, word of mouth agreements anyhow. And a lot of those financials like once or twice a year, usually yeah, to just one or two guys per the free agency poll, but it does happen. I've seen it many years uh, where uh, they'll do all these legal tampering deals. And then one guy, maybe two backs out might be a failed physical like Larry Ogunjobi, uh, or maybe possibly um, just because like, I don't really know why. Usually it's because of a failed physical or they like make a decision based off of outside factors. I don't think a team is, even though there's legal tampering, I don't think you can like go and like if a team wanted to go offer Patrick Peterson more money right now, I don't think that would be like allowed or like it'd be frowned upon, you know? So I, I don't know if a player yeah. would necessarily be offered a brand new deal and back out, but if he was weighing two options, hypothetically, this would be a time that he might back out and go to option B instead of option A. Yeah, it reminds me of like, uh, well, I, I always bring up Emmanuel Sanders. Anthony Barr did that. Randy Gregory did that. It's far from exclusive to just one player team. And and we've seen coaches do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Josh McDaniel did it a few years ago. Uh, I was looking around. Usually yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I was looking around even uh, over the cap doesn't have it yet. Spot Rack, which has the lowest, lo like slowest loading time of any website. It's like. Here we go. There's your details for you for DeMonte Casey, just a blank screen. Uh, but they didn't have any financials on the overall actually posted. So I'm not sure we actually have those figures yet. And if I happen to find them before the end of this um, program, I'll get them out to you. But I, I don't believe it was anything that was uh, breaking the bank. And even with the Steelers in their uh, transaction wire, uh, there's nothing currently uh, available just yet but you'll see those actually post up on steelers.com if you go over to the team and then there's another drop down under that for transactions uh the latest will have been from uh the march 10th releasing william jackson III and carlins patel and they haven't actually signed some of these deals yet they still got to make do some maneuvering to make sure they're under the cap uh by certain dates and times and certain figures etc cetera, etc cetera. so there's gonna be more moves coming with the Steelers, whether that's uh, additions or subtractions in either direction as some of the guys actually get this contract in front of them and start uh, letting the ink dry, so to speak. So uh, let me see. I was, th I was thinking of moving on, but it really bugs me I don't have the Casey details. But we I do believe we do have the uh, details for our next dude, Larry Ogunjobi. Now, if we were talking about priorities and we were talking about Cam Sutton and if there was somebody replaceable, I had my doubts as to whether or not Larry O was somebody that was going to be replaceable. Already you got people that were bitching and saying, well, he only had this many sacks or he already did this. The dude was practicing like once a week last, last year, uh, it had like turf toe. It was always like a toe, a toe, a knee or whatever, but he's still really young. 
and he was offered a three-year deal, and I'll get the uh, full financials here, but I think we can all agree that the Steelers absolutely positively needed someone on the defensive line that was going to be uh, a fixture. And I don't know if, the, if they could throw a second-year player like DeMarvin Leal or, uh, what, third year now for Isaiah Loudermilk, somebody like that out there and have the same type of at least consistent production. Now, Okajobi isn't breaking the bank, so to speak. I wanted to say it was around maybe 10 per year or something like that. And the Steelers usually put a lot of money into their two bookends. They've done it over all of the years. Even Brett Kiesel may have not been the highest price guy, but I mean, Aaron Smith and then again, Cam Hayward and then Stefan to it going all the way down to here. So it's good to see Okajobi. Looks like you'll have four years straight in Pittsburgh. And that's going to kind of coincide with a retirement of Cam Hayward and also to Marvin Leal, maybe transitioning if he ends up being the next guy to fill in the Hayward shoes or even Okajobi's shoes. So they got like, a, they kind of have like, um, what we're starting to see with these signings and with the way a lot of the guys that have been drafted in recent years have been relied upon to play right away is that the Steelers are going to have depth. Or they're going to be able to start adding depth uh, to their to their depth chart. <laughs> so I'm I'm happy to have Ogunjobi back. Me too. I, I was pleasantly surprised to get Ogunjobi back. I thought we were going to be more of a springboard year for him this year to kind of propel himself back into free agency and get a higher higher money contract, which he did with, with, by staying at home. Uh, I definitely wasn't as... So when we signed Casey, I, w I was very excited, uh, noticeably on Twitter and in conversation with people. I, I have long said I, I yearn for three safety sets and being able to run defenses where we have three good, if not great, safeties on the field at once. And Casey was that third guy last year for the Steelers who also had to start a few games in a pinch. And he's got a... I've mentioned this before on the show, but he's got this rare trait that if you're a safety like Casey and Minka has this too, and you have range in which you're able to cover sideline to sideline and you have instincts to match where you're always in the right place at the right time. You're always around the ball. It's, it's an natural, it's a natural knack they have for the ball, the, the nose for the ball. And not every safety has it. The Steelers have endured a lot of safety play actually over the years of guys who can start games for you. They can play, but they don't have ball skills. They don't have range. Mike Mitchell is a good example. Will Allen, Jamarco Thomas, uh, Sean Davis. I mean, Sean Davis or Jamarco Thomas couldn't even start games, but yeah. the other guys were all starters for the Steelers. They didn't have this, this range that DeMonte Casey displays. And it, it's, it's an elite trait to have when you're a safety. So I was very happy to see him retained, especially because Edmonds isn't re-signed yet as we, tape this show right now so all the more important uh larry o though I, I i came around to it as the minutes went by <laughs> I, I saw the money and i and my initial reaction was that's a little more than i thought he was going to cost uh at least coming from us um but when you look at the going rate for above average defensive linemen that that's about what you get you know it, it's tough it, it, it's like he's good enough to demand that kind of money and uh, much more than that, you you would kind of squint your eyes at it and wince a little bit. Like, I don't want to pay this guy like upwards of 30 plus 40 million. High 20s for, for a starting defensive lineman who's above average and was impactful when he was in there last year. I, I, I think it's a good contract at the end of the day. He's, he's not breaking the bank. It helps you with draft flexibility. And um, I mean, we're got him a dog. So that that's the most important part of this all. You can't uproot a dog. You can't 
have a newborn child and say, all right, now we're going to move to this unknown town, put you in a new school with friends you don't have yet. He, he wouldn't do that to the dog. So <laughs> makes sense. I like, I like that, man. That's great. Um, I do have the figures for the, there no figures for DeMonte Casey that I could find, but Larry Ogunjobi, uh, per Adam Schefter is headed, headed back to the Steelers three year, 28.7. So about, uh, 29 million per year, uh, almost 22 guaranteed, uh, or paid in the first two years. So 10 to 11, just on shy of 11 per year. And we'll see how that's actually structured uh, when it comes to cap. And Everybody's accounting. saying they're banking on him being healthy. Duh, dude. That That's every contract. Like, I, we're going to be hearing a lot of that. That's, oh, they're really hoping he'll stay healthy. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's every contract. And I, I get it. Like, oh, some of these dudes warrant that kind of uh, criticism when they sign a deal. But clearly that's what the Steelers are hoping, that Ogunjobi stays healthy. He, he wasn't healthy last year, and he played, like, every game. <laughs> Yeah, he's like a gladiator, man. I, I have absolutely zero qualms about worrying about his his health. Um, and, uh, you know, good for the Steelers. They got somebody that's a veteran player. That's another thing that's like kind of overlooked with bringing somebody like Ogajobi back. Oh, yeah, there's no proven talent behind Cam Hayward. Like I none. Like, I know yeah. we all are bullish on DeMarvin Leal, but there's no proven talent behind Cam Hayward. So Larry Ogunjobi at least brings that to the table. Yeah, you don't have to start over. You don't uh, sticking with the dog analogy. You don't have to teach a, a new tricks or potty tr or house train them, paper train them uh, to be your guy, to be to be your dog. You know, it's just um, they know the routine. Yeah, they know it already. And he's been, he was there. For, he's, he was a late signing last year. So yet another player that with a little more experience and seasoning with the Steelers in their system, uh, just it just adds. It just builds uh, onto everything. So. Uh, moving on, let's see, who did I have up next? Oh, this is a good one. This is the one that got you, uh, right back, uh, in, in line here, Zach, Patrick Peterson. <laughs> and it's, this is an interesting one because we know what, is he 33 or he's going to be 33 years of age. And now that that's the big question, it's like, well, you didn't want Joe Hayden back and Joe Hayden was 31 and now you're expecting this guy. And people are like, oh, he lost a step without even knowing that he had like a really damn good year last year with the Minnesota Vikings. But I, I look at this in more ways than one. Number one, cheaper than Cam Sutton. So you've probably got KZ and Peterson on this roster for the cost of uh, one Cam Sutton. At 11 per year, because I believe Peterson was around hovering around seven. Was it two years, 14 million? He said he wanted to play two more years in the league. Veteran guy. So if you have him on the field, he, he might not even be a full timer. You know what I mean? It depends on what else they do with the corners in that room. We had uh, maybe speculated on whether or not they could save a little cap space if they hang on to a killer weather spoon. If he competes in camp, Levi Wallace, they did not tender any of the restricted guys, but that doesn't mean they're completely gone, but they could sign somewhere else. So that means James Pierre is a free agent, no longer going to be restricted free. Um, uh, doesn't have a tender on him like an offer sheet, so to speak. So it's not like the Steelers are going to get anything if he goes and signs somewhere else. You know what I mean? So uh, that room was starting to look a little bare. Everybody was panicking because one of the first things you heard at noon or whenever they claim the actual tampering one o'clock started on Monday. We know that everybody's been in talks and doing whatever for, oh, wait, you know, at least the combine. 
So yeah, you get Peterson on here. Like I said, you're going to have uh, probably get Casey for the same amount of money. Peterson's a guy that's going to be a uh, future Hall of Famer, no doubt. And if they happen to go uh, target someone in the draft, like a Joey Porter Jr., for example, or any of the pretty deep draft for corners, right? So if they get anybody that they draft, Peterson could be a mentor to them. And he's going to be a mentor or leader in that locker room, regardless where they could really need it, where they could really use it. And can you imagine if they just slide Peterson in the slot as a part-time guy, <laughs> like that's going to be a dude to post up even on some tight ends and stuff. Uh, you know, I could see the transition to safety later yeah. in his career. Like a lot of guys Maybe. have done that for sure. Like playing like a safety package for them. I'm not sure how good he played in the slot uh, from a physicality standpoint, but matching up on, coverage opportunity specifically definitely for sure um yeah it's good for the immediate term and the long term that that's what i think with, with the peterson signing because you get the immediate starter this year and uh and of course he'll be rotated out for certain packages but he's your outside starter in, in base packages and most packages i expect him to be making plays with Minka fitzpatrick mink actually posted about him on a story today finally i was dying to see a little interaction between these two and uh, yeah, you mentioned his stats briefly there, or I don't know if you mentioned his stats, but you said he had a good year last year. I'm surprised he didn't make all pro. That That's a big part of why it's helping me with the age factor, because Joe Hayden's one thing, other cornerbacks of age are another thing. Peterson had five interceptions last year and 15 mm -hmm. pass deflections. Those aren't like by chance, you know, he's still playing at a very high level. I wouldn't say the top of his game, but he's playing at a very high level and playing with someone like Minka Fitzpatrick, I'm sure will help that. that that's obvious. Um, that That's the main point of this all is that he's still good. It isn't like they're taking a flyer on a guy who, you know, missed all year last year because of his age and, and he got hurt because of his age or his play started to decline in such a way that it was painfully obvious that neither thing took place. They're, they're signing a guy coming off a really good year who happens to be on the other side of 30, but I believe has a lot of good ball left, at least the two years that we've signed him, signed him for. And yeah, it definitely kept, it made me happy for sure. Cause I was every year you want them to make a move right away. And they've kind of gone that way recently where they'll make it, they'll dip their toe in the water day one at the, the end of it or day two. But as far as getting right into it right away, they never do it. So I was getting right about to the point where I was ready to just put my phone away and like kind of spend my time doing other things aside from staring at my phone, waiting for Omar Khan and Andy Weidel to do something. And it was right then, not but five or 10 minutes later, I saw Bryant McFadden tweet at Patrick Peterson. And yeah, it was like I saw that too. 10 eyeball emojis. Yeah. It wasn't you, just one. Did you it was like 10. Did you read the, did you recognize the handle P2 immediately? Because I was like, oh, yeah. I was like P2, wait a second. And then it was like, I did because they do a podcast together. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. I had seen them interact before and I knew that was Peterson's handle. So when I saw him tweet all those emojis at him, I commented below just on a whim. I was like, oh, Steelers, oh, he's going to your, he's going to your former team. And like 10 seconds later, I saw Schefter, Rappaport, whoever, one of the official accounts dropped that we had agreed to a two-year deal with Peterson. So it was like, a pretty cool thing to see it happen live time like that. And Bryant McFadden seems juiced up. Obviously uh, it would be cool if he wore number 20, I guess like uh, McFadden did and something's gone. So yeah, you know, about that. Can wear 20 now. Cause uh, <laughs> you know, we could get into the seven thing for sure. Cause people got all in their uh, 
and all up feels. in their britches about that. I didn't think that was that big of a deal. He clearly was kidding, but anyway, he, he, I think that the move makes a lot of sense from an immediate standpoint and a long-term standpoint. I think he will contribute right away. I think he'll help the next crop come in. Uh, great locker room guy. It's really hard to hate on the move. You know, you, you, you're a fun hater, a beggar and a chooser is what I was saying on Twitter. Beggars can't be choosers. Well, in this scenario, Steelers fans everywhere, we're all beggars. We're waiting for the Steelers to make a move. And the people who were all like, oh, Patrick Peterson, you're choosers. These people are choosers. They they suck the fun out of everything. They only see the bad. The, the, it isn't just fans hyping this guy up. There, there's proof when you look at the numbers and the stats. This guy can still play. He costs a hell of a lot less than Cam Sutton did. He brings you proven pedigree, with this, which the Steelers love, a proven starter. And, uh, yeah, I love the move. Yeah, and I know people are going to be like, oh, you're a hypocrite over this or that or or whatever. I was trying to see the actual figures, but I could have swore it was um, two years and seven million uh, or 14 total. I don't know how it was completely structured. But I think he's I, getting seven something this year and the team option of eight something next year. That makes sense. But still, uh, for a proven corner, if he loses a step, Let's ask this. Let's vote this question because he's not completely washed, and I don't believe he's going to be completely washed. And could you could you do worse? I think you could actually absolutely do worse because at least in the case of a guy who's been there and played at that level, the old dog's got some tricks. You know what I mean? He owns Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. I mean. These guys, they know how to get away with certain things. They know how to slow. They've seen a thing or two because they, they know a thing or two or seen a thing or two. That's a commercial or whatever. But <laughs> that's um, that's exactly what I'm thinking as opposed to just the age thing. I remember we were talking about like if Joe Hayden last year, what about Joe Hayden? Could Joe Hayden come back? Blah, blah, blah. And my whole the, the whole thing wasn't just necessarily his age. It was the Joe Hayden had a problem staying healthy. For a lot of games patrick peterson has not had the same kind of health issues throughout his career and if he stays a finely tuned machine yeah he could play you could, do folks realize that ike taylor played to age 34 with the pittsburgh steelers like hello it could be done it's not what you say commonplace particularly if you're running back running backs i think are the first ones to go wide receivers was Rob Woodson when he left well, Rod had a career change or a position change. Um, so he actually played corner. It's, it's great that you brought that up. P finished out the Steelers his last year. He was 31 years of age, going on 32. Played a year as a corner uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. Then went to Baltimore for four years, five years, and switched to free safety, of which he then finished out in his hometown of Oakland, California. Still as an all-pro in 2002, 37 years of age with the Raiders as a safety. So he did that switch. And I'm trying to think somebody else with the Redskins, Washington, whatever you want to it call it. It can be him. done when you're a special yeah. player. And Patrick Pearson's a special player. He's a Hall of Famer. Someone else made that switch too with Washington. They switched from corner to safety. And I'm trying to think uh, who it was. I'm drawing a blank right now. It's Daryl Green? I think it was. For some reason, I was thinking Daryl Green too. But Angelo Hall might have done it too. Ooh, there's a good one. That might have been, it might have been Hall. Um, He's more recent. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's not as commonplace, and it's not easy to do. You know what I mean? 
Uh, but guys that are like that, they're special athletes. It still kills me that Rod, I mean, he made Pro Bowls with three different teams. Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer. It still kills me, though, he didn't get his ring because of he who shall not be named. <laughs> so, But, yeah, he played to 38, man. Uh, let's see, 17 years. Oh, he got NFL? it just with the team that should not be named. Yeah, team that should not be named is even better. I like that. That's uh, I'm right up. Uh, I'm, I'm here for it. And I'll, I'll just I'll bring the noise one last time. This is what did it. <laughs> somebody somebody put him in Ben's jersey of you know the whole Photoshop thing, and he's like, "Let's go do it and whatever." And yeah, I I too thought it was tug and cheek, but some people are like, "How dare you?" Blah blah blah. And it's like, well, you can only retire so many numbers. You can't you, you can't hold on to every single digit. Like there's, he was never going to wear that. People no, need to have no. more fun. And if he People did, let their hair down, relax a little bit. He was never going to wear number seven. If he did, it's on defense. So I look at it differently too. You know what I mean? Sure, even that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care, but like, I, I totally get it. Like from um, Peterson's perspective, just like openly saying that like off the cuff, like not even thinking twice about it. And uh, I said, you idiots are going to run him out of town. Like he has to sign the deal first. Stop saying you're going to like come for him. If he wears number seven. <laughs> He'll probably wear number two, five, 20, or 24. Those are my guesses. It's, you know what? It's not even just fans. There you go. Patrick Peterson. And, oh, yeah, uh, I know. Via I saw Mark that. Madden, I, I saw that. Via Mark Madden. Patrick Peterson can F off when it comes to number seven. And, and he he retweets. To spell the whole word on Twitter. What's with the asterisks? What he, are we, in middle school? Especially Mark Madden, of all people. And, and then he's retweeting <laughs> Blitzberg and, um, you know, friends with those guys but come on like they're not the source like you could have went to bryant mcfadden or just went straight to peterson's page like we just didn't saw that information so that like that actually bothered me a little bit it would be kind of like mark madden retweeting something that we like just regurgitated that we got from like adam schefter or ian rapaport or something like that like actually somebody gave you credit for like some film study or something just today didn't they i think and it was like well i'll take the credit even though it wasn't me and it's like yeah i would too zach why the hell not let's do they, it they, they were talking about uh holcomb yeah. the new linebacker they were like i didn't know too much about this holcomb guy until i saw the fantastic film work of uh me and some other guys on Twitter. And I was like, dude, all I'm doing is retweeting stuff that I'm looking up about the guy, but I will take credit. All that film work you're putting in the man hours. Oh yeah, I do. It's not easy. If it were easy, everybody would do it. Black, black leather gloves. We put liquid paper on a B. I use that. I say that stuff way too often, but it is a highly quotable movie. Step brothers. If you don't know the reference and, uh, yeah. Uh, are you going to invest or what? We could pick her about this all day. And that's what we were talking about needing offensive line help. And people are still bickering about tackle, but we have surmised for a very long time here on the show that left guard and having five of them the previous year, and then just letting Dotson compete with Kendrick green. Wait, let that sink in again. Let me repeat that. Kevin Dotson competed with Kendrick green. He didn't outright have the starting spot at left guard last season. And I think that was part of that was a reclamation thing. Like, can we still get something out of Kevin green or Ken Kendrick green? I'm sorry, not Kendrick, uh, Kevin Green, uh, Kendrick Green, don't want to slip of the tongue there because one is like, okay, now we really are making sacrilege and blasphemy and all of these things. We're smiting, you know, uh, you know, rest in peace, man. Uh, you know, bless his soul, Kevin Green, uh, the monster that he is. Uh, speaking yeah, of don't numbers, associate him with that guy. Kendrick yeah, Green. and speaking of numbers that had to be reissued in the '90s, like you know, '91, you, you got to eventually give that back out. You got linemen and defensive ends and outside linebackers to wear it and 
and whatnot. Same thing with Rod's 26. But um, yeah, we've mentioned that left guard's a problem. And maybe that's Dan Moore's problem. Dan Moore, the fourth round, third round, uh, fourth round guy. Uh, that you weren't expecting to play right away. You were expecting to develop him, but you've been developing him on the fly because you've been for you were forced to play him earlier than you were expecting because Zach Banner got hurt. And that's part of the thing that's missing. I don't think they're completely all out on him. If there's somebody falls to them in the draft, will they take him? Absolutely. Are they going to put more money into their line than they already did? I highly doubt it. You've got decent contracts across the board for four of the five starters right now. You need some cheapo deals along there. You just although you do have it at like tight end quarterback running back and a couple of the receivers. Um, so it's, it's spread out, but usually you're not paying all five offensive linemen, a premium deal there. But we said Dotson might be Dotson's a problem too. And we were thinking maybe this is where they look at like Peter Skaronsky kicking in. He projects to not play tackle at the pro level. He's projecting, projecting to play as a guard and thinking, well, they're going to look at him. And I know they didn't send the big brass there. They were at Clemson instead. And, that's the reason they couldn't get on the phones and make all the big free agent calls until after that. And then we all got excited, but uh, putting in the homework, they set Pat Meyer, the offensive line coach, the Northwestern, by the way. So, but uh, yeah, they get Nate Herbig, who uh, that sounds like a prank phone call name. If you ask nasty me, Nate, they call him nasty Na Nate. Nasty, I love that. nasty, nasty Nate. Uh, as, he's a big one. I mean, and he wore two different numbers with the Eagles. This might have been a, one of them might have been the preseason number. Might, one might not have been, but that's a big dude. He kind of reminds me of Zach Meckler, the professor, except like supersized. He's got like that look, that that happy look to him. <laughs> but he's a road grader. Everybody's saying, oh, he's not very athletic or whatever. Ramon Foster, undrafted. This isn't to discredit Ramon Foster, but it's just to say. Ramon Foster held that position for almost a decade. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and he was able to do it because there's just certain intangibles, like even with somebody like a Robert Spillane, where athleticism isn't the only thing that that's out there. There's smarts. There's, there's just a whole bunch that goes into this when it comes to playing the game of football. You could be the most athletically gifted person on this planet and flat out suck. And I think an upgrade at the left guard position, he's two years, $8 million. So 4 million per and I, I think that's that's a bargain. That's absolutely a bargain. And I think that's starting money. Uh, could they still draft somebody? Absolutely. But I think they still have Kevin Dotson for another year. And they could compete for the starting spot. <clears throat> God forbid if Herbig doesn't win out that spot. But this is a, uh, you saw him in an Eagles jersey there. This is Andy Weidel special, somebody that he was uh, instrumental in bringing to Philadelphia, that he's now instrumental in bringing to Pittsburgh, evaluated and felt that this is a, uh, not necessarily a prized free agent, but somebody that could fill in for a bargain and potentially upgrade the unit as a whole uh, for that two years, $8 million. Yeah, uh, Gareth Foldo, bring him up again. He actually broke the news, or he's the first one that I saw a tweet about it, and he said that Weidel believes in Nasty Nate uh, as a starter, uh, if, if, if need be. And the general consensus from what I've read and seen is that this guy is a good player. It is one flaw, you already mentioned it, is that he isn't the fastest puller, like he isn't the fastest guard in the world. But when you're signing a guy to this level, he's not going to be perfect in every area. Um, he does a lot of the things he does well. Great, if that makes sense. Like he's good, good in run blocking, not terrible in pass blocking, definitely starter capable. I think if the best or the second best left guard in the draft fell to them at 17, they would still take him because awesome. the kid could, could potentially beat Nasty Nate out and start, and Nasty Nate could be your 
BJ Finney of the future, or you know, the kid could take his time coming along and we could start Urbig instead at Nate and um bring the bring the first round rookie along slowly. Um I know, don't ask me how I know, but I know Tomlin loves Dan Moore. I, I, I know that's a fact. So I, think so too. I don't expect them to take a left tackle. I think they're gonna give Dan Moore this one last shot at being the starter um and see how it goes for them. And uh I think it's pretty well known that Chooks is pretty safe for the year as well. He, he's he's more solid and doesn't get as much grief. But I, I really, truly believe the Steelers are going to give Dan Moore one last go around here to see if he uh, can develop into what Tomlin sees him being. Um, whether or not, it, I, guess it, I guess it really depends on how much control Tomlin truly has. But I know that Tomlin views him as one of his guys. So I wouldn't get too excited about them taking a left tackle in the draft. We've been saying that on this show. So, um, what's the biggest, what's, one- what's the biggest problem with Dan Moore? If you had to say it, I know what I'll say. I'm going to see if you, you're going to say the same thing I'm thinking. What would you think? Oh, he gets I mean, in his head. So like, once he, like, penal- if he starts having a bad game, he has a horrible game. Penalties. And, penalties. and what, yeah, he, he what are some like of those? come back from bad things. I feel like. And what are, what are most of his penalties usually illegal man downfield? And what problem, what's the problem with that? Um, uh, different quarterbacks playing and the offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, ineligible or illegal, ineligible man downfield. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, uh, again, there's the um, like Andrew Filipponi, all these Steelers free agent moves are fine, but they haven't addressed the biggest problem. Left tackle. Don't tell me Dan Moore is the answer. They didn't sign one. They blew off big Peter Skronsky's pro day. I'm worried about Pickett's blind side. Are you See, really? I'm not, tell- I'm not telling him that Tom was telling us that, you know, I, I feel like anyway, and, I do still believe that he he could get better. This is the last year, though. You know, I'll, I'll say that. I'll put my foot down there. This is the last year that I will. I'm not even caping for him. I'm just saying what I I believe, and that is that Tomlin really likes the guy. So I'm happy they were able to upgrade the one spot via free agency that we all felt like they certainly could, um, unanimously. And and that was uh, Kevin Dotson after his year. I know he had he had flashes of his rookie year this year where he 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 came along. I think it, the Ravens game he ran blocked very well but ended up grading out very well, but it's just, it's too inconsistent. You need the offensive line to be consistent. It's like the most important thing about the offensive line is consistency. And um, I think this guy, nasty Nate is a, is an upgrade for sure. So I like this signing as well. Shocker there. Yeah. And I was going to say to you too, um, pretty sure Dan Moore with uh, pro football focus had the highest PFF grade of the Steelers offensive lineman over the last nine weeks of the season. That's from the bye week on. So go figure. Uh, I mean the PFF grades, we hate them when they, when they say our guys suck and then we use them uh, to our advantage when they say they don't, but just giving you, yeah, just giving you a little bit of example there. And I was trying to find something. Of course, the Post-Gazette is just uh, hived up here with, I was going to show you, like, pop-ups and uh, subscribe here and do all this. So I can't even read what they had to say about um, uh, Dan Moore. It, it was something to the effect of uh, standout performance with the Saints. He had an 896 rating there but getting back to our guy uh nasty nate and mike uh garofalo 
maybe I'll get this right now if I remember his name from here. But it was, it was $8 million, $4 million guaranteed. Andy Weidel mentioned here. But uh, I know we both noticed this free agent Frosty. That's like the first comment here. This guy kind of popped off the page in the last couple of days. Nasty Nate to Pittsburgh. He's only 24 years old, plenty of starting experience. First Dilly to fill in at center position in a pinch, which is important. Per ESPN, he ranked sixth month all guards and run blocking win rate. And from pro, uh, PFF Pro Football Focus, he only allowed he's, one he's sack. One sack, 424 snaps. I mean, that's that's fairly impressive. And if One I, sack, top five, fringe top five and run blocking, that's good things. Yeah, and when you're talking about more coming along a little bit better and maybe more consistent play next to him, uh, that, that's the one-two punch. I think that's what's missing. And if you need a guy to pull, that's what James Daniels is there for. Uh, Chooks, there's no problem. I don't have any major problems with Chooks. The Steelers, I mean, they're rolling with Alejandro Villanueva, who's a mountain of a man. Kelvin Beecham, seventh rounder. Villanueva, undrafted. Ramon Foster was undrafted. And then you had, uh, they tried like Mike Adams uh, was a second rounder. You had uh, Marcus Gilbert, second rounder. So they don't go, they don't usually target all the time. Uh, high high first round picks at certain positions. They were just at uh, what the Georgia Pro Day. They were looking at one of these centers too. That was um, uh, I'm trying to think, but that's up for another conversation since that's draft related. But twenty 20- uh, the the top center in the draft is Schmitz, the top thirty Schmitz. business schedule with us. Yeah, Schmitz. That was yeah. his name. Um, twenty twenty eight games started for Herbig in four seasons. He had 11 starts last year with the New York Jets, uh, was with the Philadelphia Eagles the three previous years. And the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, have a ton of guys on their offensive line. So it's not like, you know, they were looking to uh, retain or hold on to him based on that. So uh, jumping, uh, jumping ahead, moving along. What about the inside linebacker position, Zach? We're totally freaking out about it. You had all of these other guys end up getting signed. You're watching Tremaine Edmonds. I don't think in a million years we thought Tremaine Edmonds was ever going to be the guy. <laughs> he was going to cost. You did? You thought so? I did for sure. I did. Too much did money. I didn't think he was going to get that much money. Oh yeah, he was going to be the crown jewel. He was the crown jewel of the draft, and uh, a lot of teams were salivated over him, and they still do with free agency. And that led us to a lot of spec- speculation. Nope. I said. Don't. Spot Rack had him projected at like eleven to thirteen million. So that's why I wrong. don't follow Spot Rack, dude. <laughs> they do a good job sometimes. Uh, sometimes uh, they you have were a lot. Giving me hope about it's... the linebacker group. They got some of them right, not all of them, but they helped me get a gauge of what was realistic and not. But they were way off on Tremaine Edmonds, and thus, as was I. Yeah, I hear you on that. So um, some of the names that were floated around: Okereke. Uh, Eric Kendricks ended up signing along with Edmonds to the Chicago Bears. So we were just like, ah, what are TJ Edwards went over to what the Eagles, Kaiser White, uh, the Bears from the Eagles. Yeah, Bears to, to Eagles. And then uh, Kaiser White signed. Then it was, uh, we found out the Steelers tried to put their hand in the pile for Leighton Vander Esch, which I said, hey, he's still out there after Okareke had signed too. And I was like, oh, geez. And then Vander Esch, it's like, okay, Vander Esch is somebody that they had. Definitely showed interest in 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 the pre-draft process a few years ago, but then people were like, oh, why didn't he sign with the Steelers? It's like, not everybody wants to come to Pittsburgh. Texas doesn't have income tax. Maybe he just didn't want to leave. He was comfortable. Dan Quinn's still there, et cetera, et cetera, right? So uh, this leaves the Steelers. They go and they they find a guy who happened to be hurt for a good portion of last year, but that was a, uh, a foot injury, I believe a bone injury, which is a lot different than like a soft tissue or muscle problem. That's Cole Holcomb coming over from the Washington commanders. 
tackling machine. Just about every single thing you read or see about this guy is positive. Uh, didn't pop up on my radar whatsoever, probably because he didn't play a whole lot last year, but the previous year, uh, a lot of people said if he had entered free agency last year, he would have been in the same conversation as a guy that would have been handsomely paid and got a major deal. Um, Holcomb, let's see, 48 starts, 50 games appeared in. He had 142 tackles in 2021, 69 last year in seven games. So he's a pretty exciting guy uh, that should plug the middle of the field, plug those holes that Devin Bush was missing. Uh, and it seems like one of these finds that the Steelers, you know, uh, people, let's talk about this for one second. The Steelers aren't cheap, okay? They have a cap. They pay TJ Watt and make him the highest paid edge rusher. Like in history at that point, they sign him. Micah Fitzpatrick, they give him a decent amount of money. Deontay Johnson got a pretty decent deal. Chris Boswell, among the highest paid specialists in the game. They're not cheap. There's a salary cap, folks, and you can only pay so many people top dollar before you can't. So then you got to go looking around for the Nate Herbigs or the DeMonte Caseys. But it sounds like Cole Holcomb is a guy that wasn't necessarily a uh, bargain budget type player that was uh, that was found. And I'm trying to pull up his contract here. Uh, go ahead. Let's. Uh, I don't think the numbers have been released yet. It's just three years. I haven't seen the money anywhere yet. Really? I mean, it was I, just done this morning. Thought it was like uh, I thought it was speculated that he was around twenty-eight million, maybe or something like that. That's um, Ogan Joby's deal. Yeah, I want to say it was in that same range, twenty-six to twenty-eight. I saw it somewhere, but uh, let's see. Reportedly, three three-year deal, provided he passes a physical. So that's uh, Jerry Dulac reporting here. So yeah, I guess we don't. Um, uh, don't have any actual speculation. Of course, Mike Tomlin's burner said, ha good to the end of that, where he missed the final 10 games of the season with a foot injury as if like people just like to revel in, Oh, well the Steelers make all kind of dumb moves and we hate every single pickup that they did. And why didn't they do this instead of that? And it's like, at, at what point do you end up hating all 11 players on each side of the ball? Why are you even a fan? But I could get behind Holcomb. Uh, we got to find, some, we got to find a picture. I think I have uh, something, but I got to find one of like the mullet because he has a very glorious mullet. You can see it sticking out from his helmet a little bit there. And he's like, he comes built, uh, come right in. Nobody's got 55 right now, dude. So <laughs> you can go take your old 55 right back and have it because Devin Bush is currently not wearing it. So what do you think about, uh, what do you think about the Holcomb pickup? It was like the one kind of surprising one. I know you're probably disappointed because you had about a dozen other guys ahead of him, right? Right. I'm as excited as I can be with Cole Holcomb as I can be without them getting a guy that I was begging for. I'll put it that way because um, there's a reason I don't do this professionally. And I um, I had a buddy text me and he was like, is this, was he the best option left? And I said, to be blunt, dude, no. But I didn't think they, at this point, they made it clear they weren't going to sign Levante David or Bobby Wagner. More so, Levante David re-signed a one-year with the Buccaneers, so I don't think he really wanted to leave after seeing that go through. But the Bobby Wagner deal, I don't think they wanted to give Bobby Wagner the money he was looking for. So when you are able to look at it through that perspective, then I guess the answer is, yeah, they felt like he, he was the best guy available on the market left. And it doesn't take long. We joked about that guy on Twitter giving me props for doing the research, air quotes, on uh, Holcomb and, and doing my film study. 
when all I was doing was looking up other um, accounts, not Steelers-based ones, so there was no bias. I was looking at former commanders, beat writers, and what they had to say about Holcomb and unbiased football stat-tracking accounts, draft accounts, whatever they had to say about this kid that I really didn't know much about. And in my defense, he really wasn't on my radar because of how his last season ended. You know, he played up until about week six or seven and then was done for the rest of the year. Kind of similar to Patrick Peterson, but without the injury where it just didn't cross my mind that he'd be a possibility. Peterson, because of his age and how the Steelers normally don't go for a guy over 30 and Holcomb because he didn't play a lot last year. But everything I'm seeing it's like a 90 to 10 split on people saying this is a really good move for the Steelers. I've heard the term three down starter. Um, mm-hmm. He runs anywhere between a four, four and a four five, depending on what page you look at. He's only 26 years old. Uh, the 140 plus tackles in 2021 and two interceptions are really encouraging. I believe that, yeah, if he would have hit the market in 2021, he'd probably be making upwards about $40 million. The Steelers, took advantage of a situation that favored them, whereas they knew this guy was good, but the rest of the league kind of slept on him because of how his 2021 ended, and we signed him for still a good contract. I think that shows you that he's still viewed as a talented guy. I'm sure he was getting bidders elsewhere, um, contract offers from other teams, but we offered him enough to lure him in here, and I think that he brings you, of course, an upgrade, over uh, Robert Spillane, but I think even an upgrade over Devin Bush as well, which is what, at the end of the day, we all were hoping for, was to get a guy who can come in and give you a little bit more, at least, than what Devin Bush was able to give you. And I still think, even after the addition of Holcomb, because we've got Miles Jack and we've got uh, Robinson, Hmm. but aside from that, there really isn't a whole lot in the room with Holcomb. So I still think they will draft a guy somewhat early i'm not saying first round but i, yeah, I think second, yeah. third we'll draft a guy potentially and um try to help bring him along but holcomb can be your every down starter uh with miles jack if he stays because at this point it looks like miles jack's gonna stay they might rework his contract i don't know maybe lessen his cap hit but uh holcomb brings you something we didn't have last year and i think it's a little bit more playmaking ability at the linebacker level and he's got a real good nose for the ball um, as far as tackling goes. His turnover numbers aren't crazy impressive, but he he knows where the running back's going. He um, I saw a really nasty clip where he blew up Ryan Jensen on the Buccaneers, who, if those who don't know, Ryan Jensen's a really good lineman and huge. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, 100 pounds <laughs> bigger, probably. Put him on his ass. Yeah. The, the kid plays with a fire. And uh, he's a smart player, a cerebral player. He played with the green dot for the commanders Yes, um, this past year anyway. So he's got that leadership ability on the field. And uh, again, a similar trend to the rest of the free agent crop so far. I think it's really hard to look at the signing and be like, I don't like this because of X, Y, Z. I guess you could point to his injury, but aside from that, it's it's a good addition, I, I believe. And I think most people see it as such. Yeah, um, there's a lot of praise. I'm not sure if you saw his RAS score relative. Uh, what's that say for relative athletic score? And I pull it up, and um, this is from Kentley Platt at MathBomb on Twitter. Cole Holcomb was drafted with pick 173 of round five in 2019. Uh, he scored a 9.64 RAS out of a possible 10. 
It ranked 72 of 1,967 linebackers from 1987 to 2019. That was his score. I think maybe can we uh, can I blow that up a little bit bigger? Top 75, a top yeah. 75 athlete of the past 40 years. Yes, and if you look at this, composite speed grade was elite. Composite agility grade was. Uh, elite as well now his size it said was poor i think he's a little bit bigger right now um you know he's around 6'1 and he's 240 i think maybe 244 it was uh, he's last listed maybe 240 but he's a little bit bigger than devin bush devin bush 5'11 230 ish so you know a couple inches 10 pounds it might make all the world a difference especially if he's got the speed thing going for him and unlike bush hamstrings and things like that those are the type of injuries that are a little more problematic to recover from. You tear that muscle and maybe it doesn't, uh, it doesn't come back to full strength later on, or you have recurring issues with that bones a little bit different. Uh, so I don't want anybody to kind of think, Oh, well this guy he's injured and geez, they, they got damaged goods. That's not quite the, quite the way that it should be viewed. And uh, one other thing that he's got going for him. That's elite. Is that hairstyle, man? Oh yeah, uh, brother. You know, I love that. It almost makes me want back. to do it to my hair. No, don't do it to your. Come on, don't do it to your hair. That that. Look at that, man. It reminds me of um, trying to think the guy who plays. He plays a villain in a couple of different things. I'm thinking of Samaritan right now with Sylvester Stallone. Uh, he was opposite it's like Kenny him. Powers, but in shape. Kenny Powers is a great one, <laughs> man. Party in the back all the way though. Uh, that's going to be sticking out almost like Troy Polamalu. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, how, how do you not love that? So uh, that already, that's got me on board with, with Holcomb. And he's younger. I mean, some of these moves, you notice, I know Peterson was an older addition, but just about all of these guys, like Herbig's like, Herbig's 24. I was Herbig 24 years I know, of age. I was, I was thinking the same four thing. Four years of experience. That's like a juju type thing where it's like, yeah. you, you shouldn't be that young. Uh, all the offensive linemen, Mason Cole was like 26 or so. And I think James Daniel, 26, 20 going on 27. They're all in that range of where you can get uh, at least maybe hopefully three to five years on each individual player. You're looking at the same with the defense. Miles Jack's still young. I expect maybe that they actually extend miles. Jack. I don't think miles Jack's a two year and done type thing in Pittsburgh. I'd be very surprised if there was any kind of uh, movement or news or anything like that, where you would say, Oh, okay. Um, Miles Jack has been released or extension with less than the cap hit. So that makes uh -huh. sense to me as well. Yeah. They would extend them before you can't restructure. Everybody throws around the word, the word restructure. So I guess a lot that of people keep saying from what I've seen too, that Holcomb just is the perfect stealer linebacker. And we all know what that means. He's rough and tough. And that, that's what I'm getting more often more than anything else that I'm seeing on the interwebs is oh, this guy's going to thrive as a stealer. He, he fits the bill of a Steeler linebacker and you can't not love that. Yeah, absolutely. And man, where do the Browns keep getting money? Now Juan Thornhill's going there and they got Davlin Tomlinson. It's like Oh, Thornhill signed with the Browns. Yeah, yeah. Just knew that was um three years, only fourteen million though. So that's actually a good uh that's a good segue for what I was going to bring up last year. And that's um who's next? Uh what do the Steelers target? Uh, in free agency because like in the draft i think right now we notice by probably everything but her big but it doesn't mean that a guard's off the board necessarily in a draft but adding usually they add the the one-two punch veteran and draft pick veteran rookie pair up like let's say a corner 
like Patrick Peterson and now a rookie. Uh, you can probably even see it with an inside linebacker. Maybe Mark Robinson's already that younger player with Holcomb. Um, Larry Ogunjobi to Marvin Leal. I, I do think though, Andy Weidel and them, they're probably thinking they like to, um, and the professor was talking about this too. He's still in the back rooms chatting it up. And he says, Lytle and the Eagles, they love to beef up both sides of the, the line. And they like to have that big rotation. So you could always see them maybe uh, adding two uh, with Ogunjobi behind them. So you have Hayward, Ogunjobi, Leal. Do they, how much do they like Loudermilk? Can they still add some more people? Montrevious Adams, obviously nobody else besides Adams right now. Chris Warmly, a free agent still. So what else is still on deck? Terrell Edmonds, I think they need another safety. DeMonte Casey, 30 years old, probably more of like a, a rotational guy than maybe a starter, but yeah, he could still be a starter in his position. I mean, be a strong safety. I don't think that would be, um, that would hurt the Steelers, but you just got to hope that he can remain healthy the full way through. It's not like they still are giving Carl Joseph a full look. They still have Trey Norwood there. So I think they still need some more safety depth. Uh, Edmonds, this Thornhill deal, that's not really three years, 14 million. That's not a whole lot of money. I mean, you're looking at about four per. I could do that with Edmonds. I think they could find that change and make him a starter. He's That's what they're looking at. Kind of test the market, kind of get the feeler. I know Edmonds had said before that he would like to return. And you still got a few other, other guys that are out there too. We could drill down the list. But uh, just curious your thoughts on what might, might be next for Pittsburgh. Uh, Edmonds, yeah. Zach Gentry, Derek oh, Watt. good one. Get those get those in-house deals done. And uh, I would love to see another D lineman. I, I don't know how good the quality is going to be at this point, but I would like to see them bring in another another veteran. This is, of course, now I'm going to do a wish list kind of thing now. Definitely the first three. Another D lineman would be nice. Um, and wild card receiver, because I, I heard something about them looking at like receivers in, in the free agent market because they didn't retain Steven Sims. Uh, they didn't offer Steven Sims a deal to, to stick around. So yeah, they might be looking to fill his role with like a lower level guy, of course. Um, or bring him back uh, cheaper. That's always possible too. Yeah, cheap, cheaper guys. Um, and Darius Slay from, from the Eagles, of course. Damn you. I was waiting to see if I could beat you into saying it. Reunite <laughs> with Andy White on my man. Oh, dude, if we could get him for like a fifth round pick or sixth round pick, because that's what happens with these veteran guys that like, um, you would uh, trade for it, it, it's a small amount that you have to give up to acquire them because they're their cap hit and they're older. Now um, I'm not sure if the Eagles went through and actually full on cut him or not yet, but if they did, then, um, then yeah, um, it'll, it'll be, you know what? That, harder. Yeah. That's what I was looking. That was the report, but whether or not that was, um, I thought they couldn't work out an extension official. as a result. They were either, either going to trade him or cut him, but if they cut him, then yeah, I guess he could demand like, upwards of like 13 14 million but who knows maybe he would sign a one year like 10 million dollar deal with us to team up with patrick peterson and minka fitzpatrick and casey and edmonds and create the no fry zone well it's it's great that you actually mentioned that we have this in real time too um i mean we went to the transaction wire and it's uh this john clark from um Ooh, where's John Clark from? He's got a check mark, but you never know if that's worth anything. NBC, oh, uh, NBC Sports in Philadelphia. So he's one of the sports anchors out there. Very interesting. The Eagles have not announced the expected release of Darius Slay after the 4 p.m. new league year. Could they work something out with ah, the classic. thinking? That, that always happens, so, dude. They're just gonna extend him. Uh, I mean, he's up there in age, but would you take a flyer for a one year? If you're talking about the Steelers, look like they're very much reloading. And I think they're going to compete. Um, you look around and it's like, geez, they haven't even hit the draft yet. 
and where are the holes really at? We said safety. I mean, I don't see a whole lot else. They can improve in a lot of areas, sure. Bring back that extra tight end or fullback with Gentry and Watt. They're on my wish list, too. Even James Pierre I'd bring back for depth and special teams. Um, yeah, I would bring I would bring him back, too. But And Steve Sims. Uh, it's, when you throw that tender on there, it's kind of still guaranteeing a certain amount of money. So I think the Steelers are looking at it from a cap situation. J.C. Hassenauer was like that, but Herbig could also slide in and maybe play some uh, reserve center. So that's not like somebody that they have to like jump the gun to make that sort of deal. But Darius Slay, that would be interesting. And I'm not saying it's going to happen by any means, but all we're looking not at right now is Eagles, Eagles. Let's take all the Eagles. All the Eagles are us. Miles Sanders, fly, fly. They're, they're a perennial Super Bowl competitor. I'm all for that. Let's see Eagles <laughs> East or Eagles West. Eagles, yeah, West Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> Go this way. But 100 Art Bernie Avenue. Eat soggy waffles right there. You know that never eat soggy waffles? I just did that right there live time. <laughs> that's great, man. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's about it. Uh, you know, most of the... I'm happy so far. I'm not going to say that every single one of these works out because half of them usually end up biting me in the ass on my opinions. I remember trading for Joe Schobert and then being thoroughly disappointed. So hopefully Cole Holcomb's more than more than that. But I think the shirt, the Steelers, they'll do their due diligence. They'll do their, uh, they'll still be adding on to this. So unless there's some major big additions, just a programming note for most of our two percenters still out there, we'll probably come back around next week at the beginning of the week and cover. There's some risk more. associated with every signing you make. Enjoy the ones you make. Live yes. a little. Yeah. Um, best move so far, you think? Best move so far? Yeah. Oh, I do. You know what? Honestly, there was a moment today as I was doing my uh, film study that Holcomb crept his way up the ranks, but it's got to be Patrick Peterson. Oh, Patrick Peterson. I'm going to, I like Patrick Peterson. Don't get me wrong. Um, you may, you may have seen what I had in the back rooms and I was kind of like, I looked at his age and I was kind of like, eh, I was lukewarm on it. And like within two minutes it was announced and I was like, well, shit, now I have to like it. <laughs> <laughs> but but still the same, though. Um, we'll see what happens, because like, uh, there's people that were like, oh, Witherspoon, he just absolutely sucked. Wallace Wallace was coming into his own last year. Corner two? I mean, can you still put Peterson out there as a corner one? I think so. And if you have but Witherspoon... When, Le when Levi's on, Wallace. he's yeah. on. I'll say that. There were yeah. just some times where he wasn't. But yeah, when but he's on, he's a good player. That's the NFL. That's going to be... Cornerback. What, what your top guys like you got like 10 percent? how many guys there's probably not even 32 corner true corner ones there's probably like 10 to 15 at best you know what i mean so Absolutely. what's I'm, your I'm, choice for best move we made so far ogajobi nice yeah i gotta go with ogajobi second to me well three years and young he's still young and i still think i i think he's got a lot a lot in the tank where he could be that stuff on to it uh replacement and with Alex Highsmith on the other end, what's next? It's not going to happen for a while, but I'd love to see an extension done with him and keep him in-house. A lot of people buzzing, too, whether Bud Dupree could be brought back and be in rotation 30 years old. I still think he's going to want to start somewhere. He could probably yeah, still be a starter. I almost forgot about Bud, but I heard the same thing, that he'll probably actually get a surprisingly decent amount of money. So if that happens, Steelers are out. If not, anything could happen, I guess. Yeah, and another guy on that, uh, Jadavian Clowney, officially released from the Browns. For some reason, I thought he was already canned from there. But uh, he, got 10, he got 10 mil last year, and me and Brian were speculating on that, too. I was like, well, he was the top overall pick of the draft. And like, But production-wise, like at some point, that pedigree's got to go away, right? I don't know. 
I don't know. Baker Mayfield only got like eight million with with Tampa Bay. That was kind of interesting too. So yeah. Uh, uh, but you know what? He gets to maybe try and fill in Tom Brady's shoes. That wasn't a good team at the at the tail end last year. They still made it. They still made it. Um, made it work, but it was. And he rough. Pickett's first career win. Yeah, left the game early, but first career yeah. win. Because <laughs> that's how it works. It's like Ben being the ba- backup with the best stats ever when Landry Jones only played like three or four snaps against Cleveland. So, you know, Ben was always on when you're talking about the Browns. So uh, I'm trying to see if I had any other. Uh, only thing there is Darius Slay. Nothing but love, Philly. Let's see where we head next. So he's definitely leaving. It's just a matter of what that transaction is. Does he get cut or does he get traded? I don't know. But anyways, Zach, that'll do it for us. We're way up against it, but we have lots of quality content here. Hopefully all of you out there. Uh, enjoyed leave us some comments leave us your thoughts call us homers whatever the hell you want to say i i get excited this time of the year there's so much i'm surprised my phone isn't dead i'm looking at it missing anything here probably ezekiel elliott getting released uh there's just like all kinds of crazy stuff that, that ends up happening we'll cover some more we'll talk about all of the uh different um crazy stuff Ooh. Davian Clowney would have had 41.1 million of future base salaries become fully guaranteed if he were still on the roster Friday. <laughs> he's on the, now. Um, he's one year deal and now for the fifth off season in a row. He's on the market. Hey, Clowney. I don't think Clowney's the the answer. I don't think he's another guy that's looking to be a reserve or rotational guy. Steelers could definitely use uh, depth there. I know that's what everyone wants to cry about. They want backups that are. Pro Bowl all-star guys. We'll see. I think the Steelers are starting to build something special here because I think they have most of their starters. And for the guys that might be spot starters and might have question marks, a Herbig, maybe you're not sold on Holcomb right now, or Patrick Peterson, there could be rookies that are incoming or other guys here within the next year or two as well. And then that's uh, that's building onto a special thing. You got Kenny Pickett under a rookie contract. I'm very much enjoying it. We don't have to deal with the Aaron Rodgers noise. Thank God that's not the Steelers. They don't have to sign Alan Lazard to a ridiculous deal or anything like that. So, Zach, till next time, buddy. I brought I brought up one more ghost from your past uh, on Twitter. Did you happen to see there was somebody else that was talking about Because you mentioned the Darius Slay thing. And I was like, what about at the Honey Badger, too? There's got to be a way to get him back. I'll take him. The fold. I'll take him. If, if Edmund leaves, especially. <laughs> yeah, that was three years, whatever he got, though. He got a pretty rich contract last year. So Yeah, um, and he went home, so he'll probably just retire there. Yeah, that's probably my thought, too. So, folks, I'll do it for us. Till next time, my name's Joe. His name's Zach. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. And until <laughs> that next time, just relax. I think you're happier now. Everybody, just no, no knee-jerk reactions here. Calm down. Talk yourself off the ledge. <laughs> be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.